This is the Sports Psychology Hour with Dr. Andrew Jacobs. I cannot express the gratitude what my son came and visited you. Dr. Jacobs has been in practice for 37 years as a sports psychologist. I have seen a change in youth sports in the last 10, 15 years. I've talked about it a lot on this show. The Sports Psychology Hour. The best advice on the radio each and every week. Failure and losing and screwing up is something that happens in life. It happens in sports. And I think we have to teach kids how to do that more effectively. This is where sports talk gets real. That word playing, it's gone from our society in a lot of ways with kids. And now here's your host, Dr. Andrew Jacobs. Hello, everybody. I am sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. Welcome to the Sports Psychology Hour from our flagship station, Sports Radio 810 WHP in Kansas City. I'm here every week talking with you about your mind and sports and life. It's one of the only sports psychology shows in the country. I've been on the radio now for 29 years. The last 19 here at Sports Radio 810 WHB in Kansas City. Our show is now being syndicated around the country. Now on 11 cities and our list is growing. I'm excited about that because the goal is to get this to become a national show. Because I think people need to hear the things we talk about on this show. Because we talk about your mind, your attitude, your focus. We talk about sportsmanship. We delve into youth sports. And I try to get into topics that a lot of people don't really get into, which is the mindset of how athletes, coaches, fans, officials think, act, and react. You know, I love doing this show because we talk about confidence, we talk about preparation, we talk about focus, we talk about mindsets. And as you know, I've been in practice for 39 years as a sports psychologist in the Kansas City area. I've worked with athletes all over the country. I was the Olympic team psychologist with the cycling team back in the 80s. I've been the team psychologist for the University of Kansas, Kansas City Royals, worked individually with all kinds of teams and all kinds of athletes. And throughout my journey doing this, I'm 65 years old, and uh, it, it's, it's what I do. It's, it's who I am. Throughout this journey, I have met a lot of really interesting and great people in the world of sports. And one of them sitting across the table from me today, his name's Mitch Morris. He is the center for the Buffalo Bills. And Mitch and I met last year when he was working with the Kansas City Chiefs, and he's been kind enough to join us this morning <clears throat> and come into the studio and be here and talk about mindsets. Mitch, good morning. Thanks for being here. Doc, I appreciate you getting me out of bed this morning. I, uh, it's always fun to hear you talk, and hopefully we can shed some light on some hot topics of, in the sport world. Well, you know, the mental side of sports, as you and I have talked about, is so important. And one of the, one of the things that, that I am doing with this show is we've become a uh, 501c3, which is a charitable organization, and we're looking for sponsorships, and I'm talking to people about the mindsets of, of sports, and basically we're looking at, there's three areas that I get into when I'm talking to people. One is the whole sports psychology area, you know, performance enhancement, how you focus, how you concentrate on the offensive line, things like that. The second is the whole issue of youth sports and the craziness that's going on in the world of youth sports today, especially in terms of kids and parents and all that. And then the third is the whole issue of mental health and sports. And in the last few years, you know, I've, I've talked about this topic forever on this show, but, but it isn't until really the last few years that people started to talk about mental health and athletes. Right. And how important is that? I mean, you, you've played professional football now. You're in your, what, fifth year? Right. Yeah, going, yep. Yes. Okay. How important is the mental part? I think it's maybe the most important um, because 
as athletes, we spend so much time working on our bodies, taking care of nutrition, what we put in our, you know, what fuels the engine, but at the same time, what steers the ship and, you know, what, what takes you on the field, but also what excels you off the field is the mind. And it's so easy to neglect that because in the sporting world, a lot of the times people are just focusing on X's and O's or, you know, the the physical aspect of it. But the, the truth of the matter is that if you don't take care of yourself upstairs mentally, um, it's not only going to ne- negatively affect you, your team, but it can also kind of go to your home life. And, and that's not what you want. That's not what your loved ones want. And I, th- I think when you take care of your, your, the mental aspect of the game and, and how that affects you on and off the field, you're, you're going to be a more successful person. You're going to be a happier person in all facets of your life, not only on the sporting aspect of your life, but also in the personal relationships you carry outside of the football field. So as a professional athlete, you played for five years now in the NFL. You played four years with the Kansas City Chiefs. You've been in playoff games every year. Okay. Um, the mental part, the psychological part of that becomes so important. A lot of people ask, what's it take to succeed? How do you get to that, that level? Obviously, there's got to be the physical skills, but the mental skills have to be there as well. And, and the psychological health has to be there as well. So how do you make all that fit? How does that work? Yeah, well, Doc, as you know, as we, cause we talk every week, and I'm, you know, I'm not afraid to t- you know, say out here that I think last year I came to talk to you because I needed some help in this mental department because I felt like I was taking the steps physically, but I was plateauing in a certain way. Um, but when you get these long seasons, there's ebbs and flows. You know, I mean, there's extreme highs in this sport and extreme lows. And when you get to the playoffs, you know, there's this external pressure that, and internal that it's this one-and-done season. You know I mean? Everyone goes, there's only, there's 31 unhappy teams at the end of the season. There's only one team that's thrilled about the outcome. But, so you're going in with a little bit of external pressure and a little bit of internal pressure, but at the same time understanding that you know what got you to there. You know the, the preparation it took to get you where you are as a team, as an individual, and just not being outside of yourself and not letting yourself, you know, venture off the path that's, that's taking you there. Because when you do that, um, you're going to get your, you know, you get yourself out of your mental, your right mental state. And then it's going to all kind of be it on game day. It's all going to kind of come together and you're going to, you're, you're going to make a play that's just not yourself or you're going to be a teammate that you haven't been in the rest of the year. You know, I always talk with, with the, especially a lot of the young athletes I work with, I call it foe versus four. Focus on effort instead of focus on results. And I find that when a lot of people get caught up in the score or how much time is left or how far we're ahead or how far we're behind, instead of focusing on their effort, they lose their focus. And then consequently, things don't go well. How do you feel about that? Absolutely. I think there, there's, it, this, is, this is an interesting topic you brought up because it's the easiest thing to lose is that is that right train of thought throughout the sport why why is that so easy to lose because it's just it's it's so easy and it's and people don't understand it's so easy even when you're in the thick of it to lose sight of what's going on you have little nuances of the game that's happening people might be you know one coach might be losing their mind here you might have made a mistake that you usually don't make, um, and it's early in the game, and you're trying to fight off this thought of, I can't make that same mistake again. And, and, you, and you start speaking in negatives rather than positives, and that can fuel the fire too. And it's it's so hard to get, for me at least, I can't speak for every athlete, but it's it, 
at work all week and all day to get in the right state of mind. But sometimes it just takes the littlest thing to get you off track. And I think what we've talked about in the past, you know, year is giving, you know, myself tools to kind of hone back in on what's important throughout a sporting event. You know, to me, uh, confidence is the foundation of everything. And for many athletes I've worked with throughout my career, I find it's the easiest thing to lose and the hardest thing to gain. How do you maintain that, that level of confidence in a nutshell real quick? Right. For me, it's through practice and uh, getting that through reps and then visualizing. I think people lose the fact that when you visualize outside of the realm of you know the practice field and, and, and you know it, when you visualize success, it, it's more, you're more inclined to happen. It's more inclined to happen. And when you don't, it's, you, know, you can really lose yourself. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. Joining me today in studio is Buffalo Bills center Mitch Morse, five-year veteran in the NFL. <clears throat> He's played in a lot of playoff games. We're going to talk about playoff pressure here in a moment. But if you'd like to join us, feel free to give us a call if you have a question for Mitch about playing in the NFL, about pressure, about confidence, about preparation. And and the expectations, you know, he he knows about playoff pressure, so the Kansas City Chiefs will be in the Super Bowl next week. We're going to talk about the pressures and expectations of being in that situation. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. I'm Dr. Andrew Jacobs. As a sports psychologist, With 38 years of experience, I've worked with athletes, coaches, parents, and officials, assisting them at learning how to handle issues like sportsmanship, self-confidence, developing a positive realistic attitude, and achieving maximum performance. I want more people to know about the importance of having fun, learning from failure, and that winning is about doing your best. That's why I created the Sportsmanship Foundation, a 501c3 educational organization dedicated to promoting and educating parents and athletes about the role of good sportsmanship in our development. Our priority is to help bring back the fun into youth sports. If you're interested in learning more or making a donation, go to winnersunlimited.com slash radio. That's winnersunlimited.com slash radio. Doing your best, having fun, and becoming a winner. The Sportsmanship Foundation at winnersunlimited.com slash radio. The world of youth sports has grown tremendously in the last few years, and with that growth comes questions. What's the right age to let my child start playing? When should winning and losing become important? And how can the youth sports experience be fun? These questions and many more are addressed head-on in sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs' book, Just Let Him Play, guiding parents, coaches, and athletes through youth sports. Written with Major League Baseball pitcher Jeff Montgomery and Hall of Fame swimming coach Peter Malone, Just Let Him Play tackles the issues that make youth sports increasingly difficult for parents, coaches, officials, and especially kids. Just Let Him Play explains the importance of winning and losing, success and failure, and why it's okay when not every athlete gets a trophy. For more information and to get your copy of Just Let Him Play, go to winnersunlimited.com and click Products. That's winnersunlimited.com and click Products. One more time, for your copy of Just Let Him Play, Go to winnersunlimited.com and click products. 
Most of us like to be out in the sun. That's why sunscreen and other safety measures are key to protecting your skin from aging and cancer. The FDA recommends using a sunscreen with a sun protection factor, or SPF, of 15 or higher. Also, look for broad spectrum on the label. That means both harmful ultraviolet A and B rays are blocked. UVA rays age the skin, UVB rays burn, and both cause cancer. But the perfect sunscreen doesn't count if you use it wrong. Don't need sunscreen on a cloudy day? Wrong. 80% of UV rays still get through the haze. Only use sunscreen at the beach? Nope. Anytime you're outside, UV rays attack the skin, so you need protection. And you have to reapply sunscreen every two hours. Remember, SPF plus broad spectrum equal healthy fun in the sun. Visit www.fda.gov sunscreen for more information. A message from the U.S. Food and Drug Administration. Over the years, you've brought them into your home. You were prescribed opioids after the C-section. When dad injured his back, when your basketball star tore his ACL, opioids helped with the pain, and you held on to them just in case. But did you know holding on to unused opioids puts your family at risk? Opioids are powerful pain-reducing prescription medicines, but most people who are prescribed opioids don't finish their prescriptions. So millions of unused opioids are sitting in homes across the country. And tragically, more than 100 Americans die every day from overdoses involving opioids. What can you do to protect your family? Remove the risk of unused opioids from your home. Pills, patches, or syrups in drawers, purses, and cabinets. Anywhere they might be hiding. To find out how to dispose of them properly, visit www.fda.gov slash drug disposal. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. Good morning, everyone. I am sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs, live from our Sports Radio 810 WHB studios in Kansas City. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. My guest in studio today is Buffalo Bills center Mitch Morse. He's been kind enough to join us and talk about football, about sports, about the mental side of sports. He played with the Kansas City Chiefs for four years. And Mitch, last year, as a member of the Chiefs, you were inches literally away from going to the Super Bowl. And the team this year made it. You were in the playoffs with Buffalo. You had an outstanding year with Buffalo. Let's talk for a moment about just the, the whole playoff pressure and all that, because you've played on playoff games every year, right? Right. Okay, so you've had an experience of dealing with this. You dealt with it with Buffalo. Mm-hmm. I'm sure your, your expertise and leadership helped that team out this year. Um, Debatable. Well, <laughs> you had a great first half. Great first half against Houston. No, but uh, seriously, but you've, you've had the experience with this. What is it like from a from a player's perspective in the playoffs you know the fans if fans get all excited sure. pumped up and everything but as a player how do you get ready and what's your mindset have to be and how do you focus well i think the first thing is the players share the excitement of the playoffs you know it it's it just shows the you know it's the fruits of the labor what you know what you've put in uh, you've put in all these hours behind the scenes you know and i think some people are lost in how much time we spend at the facility you know you know for most of the season it's 7 days a week well, and tell, yeah, and obviously I'm aware of that, right. but tell people, because I think most people don't know. You know, right. most people, oh, you guys just go out there and practice and go home. Yeah. I mean, I, tell well, people about a typical week. Well, I had a, I had a friend a few weeks ago who 
uh, I kind of got in a scuff with who just said, you know, I I told him he was at a game of mine, and I had to t- I told him I had to get in the next day to work, and kind of scoffed at work and said, oh, all you do is just sit around in the hot tub all day, don't you? And and and, it, <laughs> and he, it really got under my skin because you know. Did the, you say no? I sit in the cold bath, the ice bath. <laughs> no, I just let it slide. He's a good dude. He he had had a few drinks, and uh, but the truth of the matter is that the hours that you put in, in any given day, even on a Saturday, you're spending half your day in the facility before a game. Going through all you know all the cues and nuances that you covered throughout the week, but when to answer your question previously, the playoffs it's such an exciting moment. At the same time, it can end in one day. You know what I mean? So you're really fighting for you know the the dreams of yourself, the dreams of the organization, you know, all the you know stuff you put in that year, and for the city. And and, and to be honest, you you really do feel for the fans. You feel for that city, and and you kind of bring that into the playoffs, but. Also, you don't want to go outside of yourself. You understand what's gotten you there, and the best coaches will put you in a position where they don't add stress to you. As a coach, it's easy to, you know, tighten up because it's the playoffs, and and you tighten up a little bit. You can tell coaches tighten up a little bit when the preseason's over and then it's the regular season, and then it's easy for a coach to do that in the playoffs. But the coaches I've been around, and I've been very fortunate to be around some great coaches, have really kind of pressed and uh, you know stressed the fact that understand what we got. In, what how we got here is the the keys to continuing throughout this week you know these next few weeks and don't go outside of yourself so the mindset during the the week of the your playoffs whatever the playoff game might be needs to be what because you're talking about the finality if you lose right um and here in Kansas City obviously people know if they listen to the show I've I've been a fan of the Chiefs I went to the first Super Bowl um with my father and you know going to games since the first game they ever played. And, and I have to tell you, last week when the Chiefs won here, it may have been the most exciting sporting event I've ever been at in my life. Is the 80, Almost 80,000 people were just having a great time right. in the end of the game. It was it was like a love fest out there. Right. So that, and, and as players, you guys pick up on all that, right? I mean, you, you understand, and you're in Buffalo, mm-hmm. which is has been deprived. I mean, you guys had, sure. you, the Bills were in four Super Bowls in a row and right. lost. Right. So there's that deprivation there. You've had great Absolutely. players on that team as mm-hmm. well. So how do you try to understand the the emotions of fans? I mean, you're you're right. out there playing. You've got to focus on yourself. Sure. But but I know playing here in Arrowhead, mm-hmm. it's pretty loud. It's pretty loud in Buffalo at Rich Stadium, right? So sure. you've got to deal with, with with all that as well. Yeah. Well, I think it, it's as a player and, and as, you know, you understand that when you're supported by a certain fan base they they have their emotions and you have to in good times it's awesome and in bad times you have to be un- as understanding as possible um when you have you know teams that have such a rich fan base and i feel like i've made such a great move you know lateral move in that regards you know both kansas city and buffalo now their fan bases are so supportive and uh and it really does make your job easier and it really why, does. Why, why does that make it easier? Because you'd be lying if you didn't, if you said you didn't care about you know what if your fans thought about you as an individual and as a team. It, it's tough getting booed. It, I mean, it's tough. It's tough when you're getting you're in your social media, and that's a whole other thing. It's when guys are calling you out who don't even know you, and they're saying these horrible things. So and, how do you, so, so let me interject here. So I, <clears throat> I and, and you know this. I encourage people, people, professional athletes to not listen to talk radio, except, of course, my show. Um, But to to, to basically stay off social media, Mm -hmm. okay, because 
the negativity that you hear from people who don't know you can and, and I've I've worked with mm-hmm. so many players I work with I figured out the other day over 30 Chiefs players privately over the years mm-hmm. and so many of them have had to deal with things when they when they screwed up right I mean Nick Lauer used to co-host my show with me mm-hmm. and there was a, there was a game once years ago when the Chiefs played in Houston and he missed a 19-yard field goal Chiefs lost by less than three points the next day he was in town and he and, he and I went to eat and then we stopped at, picked him up and stopped at a 7-Eleven. He went in to get something to drink, and he's at the counter paying, and this lady starts talking to him, and it gets real demonstrative. Her hands are going up in the air and all this. Yeah. Then he hugs her and walks out. I says, what was all that about? He goes, she came over to me. She goes, you're that Nick Lowry guy. Mm-hmm. You're that guy that missed that 19-yard field goal. Yeah. What kind of player are you? He said, well, did you see the 54-yarder I made? She right. goes, you're supposed to make all of them. And then he says, well, uh, what do you do? And he talked to her, and then she gave him a hug, and she was nice. Mm-hmm. But there's that that having to deal with that failure. Sure, and I think it, it doesn't happen that often. But it, people forget that we're just, you know. We're, we're people. Human, we're people. and uh, That's the whole thing about the yeah. mental health part of this. You're yeah, human beings no, just like everybody else. No doubt. And, and as much as we want to put on a you know this persona that we're, you know, things can, you know, things can get under our skin. And it's easy to get under our skin at times, and uh, you know it. You have to be as understanding as possible, but at the same time, there's a little bit on yourself to stay off that and understand that, you know, people have these, you know, they have their opinions, but that opinion doesn't define you by any means. I mean, these who, I mean, who are these people, and how, how do they? They don't know what you do and the intricacies of each play, and um, you know, I've seen, I've seen it throughout my career that they've really gone in on some dudes. And these dudes have taken it. You know, some guys have taken it with grace, and some guys have really struggled with it. And why do you think they have trouble with it, knowing that somebody doesn't know them, don't understand it? But they're usually right. it's somebody who. My sense is the people that do that are people who probably want them to succeed, and they're just frustrated and angry that they're not. Sure, and well, they're jealous. I think the people who struggle with it think that one voice defines the whole fan base. Well, if this guy thinks it, then probably everyone does, don't you think? And, and that's just not the case by any means. And, and it's and people, you you talk to guys and say you post something, and uh, there's hundreds of awesome comments, and there's one one that's just ridiculous. That's the one that guy people gravitate towards, and the one that you know sticks out. It's just because they they hate it, and uh, you know you can't control it. You know that's why the research has found it takes twelve positive statements to overcome one negative. No doubt, and I that agree validates that. that. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. Joining me live today in studio is Buffalo Bills center Mitch Morse. We're talking about football. We're talking about mindsets. We're talking about attitudes. We're talking about confidence. He knows a little bit about playoff pressure. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. Are you an athlete, competitor, or ordinary individual who wants to learn how to relax, build confidence, and think more positively? Then the 20 Minutes to Success series of digital downloads and audio CDs from sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs are perfect for you. 20 Minutes to Success will teach you techniques to help you succeed. Dr. Jacobs covers topics like deep breathing for better focus, confidence building, and positive visualization. The 20 Minutes to Success series includes programs for individual sports like swimming, running, tennis, and baseball. You can also target overall athletic performance or relaxation. 
For more information and to get 20 minutes to success on digital download or CD, go to winnersunlimited.com and click products. That's winnersunlimited.com and click products. One more time, to get 20 minutes to success, go to winnersunlimited.com and click products. Hi, Grandma. What's for dinner? Hey, honey, I'm making stew tonight. Ooh, can Nina come over? I'm not sure about our new friend. I wonder if there's been any drinking going on. Alcohol at her age can lead to so many bad things. I've been meaning to ask you, what would happen if someone offered you a drink? Grandma! This is hard. She's so young. But I know I need to talk to her about it now before someone tries to give her alcohol. If anyone ever does offer you a drink, I want you to say no. I have too much respect for my family and I don't want to get in trouble. Okay. Really? I promise, Grandma. I love you too. Okay, how about tasting this stew and telling me what you think? Mmm. Some children may try alcohol as young as nine years old. It's not too early to talk about drinking. For tips on how to begin the conversation, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. That's underagedrinking.samhsa.gov. This message brought to you by SAMHSA and this station. All right, crew, let's get her dug. Honey, you want to give me a hand? I'm planting that tree, remember? No matter how large or small your digging project may be, no matter how urban or rural, you must always call 811 before any digging project. 811 is our national one-call number, alerting your local utility companies to come out and mark any lines they have near your dig site. You must call 811 at least two to three business days before any digging project, so you can avoid hitting our essential buried utilities. This includes natural gas and petroleum pipelines, electric, communication cables, and water and sewer lines. So before you do this, or this, make sure you do this. For digging projects big or small, make the call to 811 brought to you by Common Ground Alliance. If you suffer from COPD symptoms like shortness of breath and fatigue, where do you turn? There are medications and oxygen, but do you know about pulmonary rehab? Three out of five COPD patients have never heard of it. Pulmonary rehab is an exercise, education, and support program that gives you tools to manage your condition, and Medicare typically pays for it. So whether it's grocery shopping on your own or just walking across the room, pulmonary rehab can help you. Visit livebetter.org to find out about your options for pulmonary rehab today. Here's farmer and landowner John Prue. We purchased the land about three years ago, and there was an old farmstead on there with trees. We were going to clear the land so we could farm through it. We thought we knew where the pipe was, so we didn't call to get it located. The work on our property led to the damage of a light crude pipeline. Fortunately, no one was hurt, but it could have been much worse. Never assume the location or depth of underground lines. Always call 811 or visit clickbeforeyoudig.com before you start work. A message from the Pipeline Operators for Ag Safety Campaign. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. Hello again, everyone. I am sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. This is the Sports Psychology Hour from our flagship station, Sports Radio. 810 WHB in Kansas City, and joining me in studio today is Buffalo Bills center Mitch Morris, five-year veteran of the NFL, four years with the Kansas City Chiefs, now with the Buffalo Bills, and about to become a father for the first time here in a couple weeks. Mitch, tell, tell us about that. How are you feeling about that? Oh, um, you know, it's it's moments of pure terror, 
followed by moments of just pure joy. And uh, I, I think it's the next cha- it's the next chapter of our lives, and we're so excited about it. And I, I know we'll we'll have moments in the next few months where we'll be eating those words, but at the same time, I, I think it'll be followed by just I'm just I couldn't be more thrilled. So let's talk about this since you're going to become a dad. <clears throat> You're a football player. Let's face it, football has been in the spotlight for a lot of reasons. Obviously, right here in Kansas City right now, we're in the Super Bowl for the first time in 50 years, so everybody's excited about that. But the whole issue of concussions and CTE, you've had four concussions as a professional football player. Yes. All right. So tell us your thoughts about if you have a son or maybe a daughter even even as well playing football. What would would be your thoughts about that? Well, I've, you know, it's it's been a blessing and it's been a curse and a blessing, Um, these four concussions but at the same time it's put me in a position to talk to almost every single expert <laughs> in the United States about you know something that has really kind of been a hot topic around football these this last decade it's definitely not ideal um, but at the same time it's part of the game and it's mostly how you deal with them afterwards how you recover from those because if you take the proper steps and you recover properly um, there's nothing that shows that just because you've had a concussion or a few of them, that as long as you've taken care of them, that you're gonna you're gonna be just fine. That you're gonna be just fine down the road. Now it's when you don't take care of them and you go back out too soon that you get in trouble. But to answer your question about um, playing football, you know, as if, as a father uh, in a position that my kids can play football in the future, I think for me, and this is me personally because I didn't play football, I didn't start playing football until I was in high school. And, and you were weren't you a quarterback? I was a quarterback in high school and then moved to offensive line. Uh, one of the most you know sound moves from quarterback to left tackle but um first of all i think it's one of the greatest team games it is the greatest team game if not the greatest game ever invented for you know learning discipline you know pushing yourself and um it's just it's it's a fantastic game and if my kid wants to play more power to them Uh, i'll i'll explain what my journey was through football Uh, hopefully they don't play football because of me um you know that's i want them to kind of go their own path if they'd like to there's going to be no pressure for me to play ball but if they'd like to you know they they got to wait the time they got to because i think it takes a while for you to develop and to develop into a place where it's safe to play football and for me it's about 14. so tell us about recovery from a concussion take take us through what goes on because i think a lot of people don't really know right. they think you just stop and then you're fine you go back and give, sure. give us an idea about that yeah, it's uh, each concussion can be different. I, th- I think if someone says someone said if you see a million concussions, you've seen a million different concussions. You know, even with me, all of them kind of manifest themselves differently. Um, for, you know, first of all, you you know the NFL and, and sporting world now has taken such a you know such an onus on diagnosing these and taking the proper steps through that and it's working yourself up through you know if, you know when i had my first one a few years ago it was lock yourself in a, a quiet room and um you know just wait and now it's compl- you know the research is completely changed they want you active you know you know to a certain extent they want you to be active they want you to be engaged they don't want you locked up, and uh, just to see that difference. I mean, this last one I had was fantastic. What do you mean? So I know they would say, "Go in a room, turn off right. the lights, don't watch, don't get using sure. stimulation, right. try to let everything settle right. down." I mean, there has to be a little bit of period to that, I would assume, yeah, depending for sure. on the severity. Yeah, of it. no, for sure. Well, your body's going to reject it <laughs> if, you, if you try to jump right on it. Yeah, no, for sure. You want to get your sleep, and um, by no means am I an expert. So if there's any medical professionals out here, and I'm just well, you're an expert from the experience, for sure. Not an expert in terms of right, treatment, for but an sure. expert in terms of right. how you've recovered and you've recovered from it. So how have you done that? 
Um, well, fight, following guidance, trusting professionals, um, and I'm saying if you get one, seek professional help. Don't 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 feel like you can do this by yourself or need to. But at the same time, staying engaged. And there's different steps. There's five levels you go through, and each level you have to kind of based on heart rate and symptoms and stuff like that. It's very intricate. Um, but the best recovery that I've had was through staying engaged, keeping the mind active to a point where you can tolerate it, and then when you are starting to get those symptoms, you dial it back and then wait till you're symptom-free. And uh, um, it's, it's, it was a blessing to kind of have this knowledge now. And, uh, you know, unfortunately it happens, um, and it's something that I've come to grips with that not everyone else can be at grips with. It's not just because I have doesn't mean that parents, you know, every parent should. But in my experience, I'm, I feel great. You know, I feel sharp. I feel fine. And uh, I'm, I'm very... I'm confident in my, you know, the future, you know, my livelihood. I'm having a kid, and I can be more confident in me playing ball. So when, as as a father-to-be, when would you suggest in terms of football, kids play tackle football? Right. Because that's a question a lot of people are asked, and there's a lot of studies being done about that, that, you know, a lot of people are saying kids shouldn't be playing tackle football until they're 12 or 13. I couldn't agree more. And that could be a real hot topic around – you know, people could disagree, and that's fine. I completely get it. Well, you grew up in Texas, which is the, the, the yeah. hot uh, heart of right. tackle football for kids. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, it was just something my, my parents believed. And it wasn't a point of safety. It was a point that they wanted me to enjoy the game. And when I was too young, if I, they were afraid that if I got really popped, um, that I was going to hate it. And um, Well, yeah. and you, you're sensitive to brain injuries because of the situation with, with your brother. No, no which doubt. share with our listeners about it. No doubt. Uh, yeah, my brother suffered a tra- traumatic brain injury when he was – in the care of a babysitter when he was a few months old, and it definitely changed the scope of our our family. And the I, the the issue for a lot of people is with with football is the injury is not just brain injuries but just injuries in, in general. Right. You know the research is finding now when it comes to youth sports mm-hmm. that it's and I've been a proponent of this forever. Kids should play a youth an individual sport and a team sport. Right. Okay. And to me, score shouldn't matter until you're twelve, thirteen. Right. I mean, at that point, then. Winning and losing becomes part of it. Mm-hmm. I think prior to that, it shouldn't even be an issue. Right. It's about development, learning skills, learning fundamentals. What do you think about yeah, that? Yeah, I think you're. I think you're spot on. You know, you definitely. You know, this whole thing about society about there's. You know, we want to do winning and losing and stuff like that. If you wait a little bit, I mean, let let the kids have the trophies until they're what, ten, eleven, than twelve. I mean, don't worry about that. Secondly, is diversifying. Right. If it, I, I hate seeing when parents put their kids in just one sport and they get burnt out and the body is just so tired of something. What helped me so much playing football was basketball. What helped me playing basketball was football. And then I did a little bit of track in between, I mean, afterwards. So I, I was really fortunate to not have just one sport I hung my hat on, and it helped me in the other sports. And I had a blast. I had new friend groups. I had uh, you know, just a, a real fun time in high school because I was able to play a bunch of sports, and uh, I wouldn't trade that for the world. You spent five years in the NFL. Do you guys get burned out playing football? Absolutely. And uh, it kind of, if, you know, your body follows your mind. And if you if you don't have the tools to give your mind a break, and you don't have, uh, you know, my wife grounds me, and so does my family, and um, yeah, absolutely, you get burnt out. I mean, it it becomes a job, and that helps a little bit. And the monetary gain you get, it would be lying if that, that said that doesn't help you intrinsically motivate yourself. But it is, you know, there's dog days where you're just convincing yourself, and you're driving in, how the hell am I gonna, you know, not only because you don't want to just cruise through the day by any means. You want you want to get something out of it, so you have to really talk to yourself some days. How am I going to get something out of it today? Because you have to, and if you don't, you're going to, have to regress, and uh, that's just going to snowball. You've played here in Kansas City for four years. Obviously, last year, uh, 
under Senator Patrick Mahomes. Everybody want you know, nobody's more popular in this country maybe than Patrick Mahomes right now is his merchandise, the top selling NFL merchandise. Right. Where's his confidence level at from your perspective? I've been fortunate enough to be around real confident quarterbacks. Uh, it started with Alex Smith, who'd come into a huddle with just moxie and just this competitive fire that would permeate throughout the huddle. And then these last two quarterbacks I've had, Pat and Josh Allen, they carry that same trait. And what that does for the huddle, what that does for yourself, it, it is it, you can't quantify it. And um, uh, Pat is one of the most confident guys I've been around, one of the best guys I've been around. He's a good dude. And... Uh, you know, I've never seen a guy's life change from week. I'm, this is I'm speaking in 2018 terms, from week one to week 16, and uh, carried himself with such grace and was just a great guy to be around. And um, so is Josh, for that matter. Um, really f- excited to be with him these next few years. And um, I I consider myself very fortunate to have great quarterbacks. And, and people forget that people forget what Alex Smith did for this organization and and what he did for me especially was just insurmountable and uh you know hearing him talk about comeback is just awesome i want to talk about leadership in our next segment with you on that because i think that's a big piece of this and of course with the super bowl coming up for the chiefs obviously you know all these guys and i know you wish them well we're going to get into that i'm sports psychologist dr andrew jacobs joining me today live in studios mitch morse center for the buffalo bills this is the sports psychology hour this is the sports psychology hour I'm Dr. Andrew Jacobs. As a sports psychologist with 38 years of experience, I've worked with athletes, coaches, parents, and officials, assisting them at learning how to handle issues like sportsmanship, self-confidence, developing a positive, realistic attitude, and achieving maximum performance. I want more people to know about the importance of having fun, learning from failure, and that winning is about doing your best. That's why I created the Sportsmanship Foundation, a 501c3 educational organization dedicated to promoting and educating parents and athletes about the role of good sportsmanship in our development. Our priority is to help bring back the fun into youth sports. If you're interested in learning more or making a donation, go to winnersunlimited.com radio. That's winnersunlimited.com radio. Doing your best, having fun, and becoming a winner. The Sportsmanship Foundation at winnersunlimited.com radio. Here's farmer and businessman James Wood. We farm about 3,500 acres. There's pipelines everywhere. The contractor working on my property did not have the lines located before he began work, and it resulted on a strike on a natural gas pipeline. Fortunately, no one was hurt, but it could have been much worse. Never assume the location or depth of underground lines. Always call 811 or visit clickbeforeyoudig.com before you start work. A message from the Pipeline Operators for Ag Safety campaign. All across the country, people are coming together to speed up what we can learn about health. The All of Us Research Program is calling on one million people to join us as we try to change the future of health. For your family, for future generations, for all of us. Visit joinallofus.org and find out how you can become one in a million.
Most of us like to be out in the sun. That's why sunscreen and other safety measures are key to protecting your skin from aging and cancer. The FDA recommends using a sunscreen with a sun protection factor, or SPF, of 15 or higher. Also, look for broad spectrum on the label. That means both harmful ultraviolet A and B rays are blocked. UVA rays age the skin, UVB rays burn, and both cause cancer. But the perfect sunscreen doesn't count if you use it wrong. Don't need sunscreen on a cloudy day? Wrong. 80% of UV rays still get through the haze. Only use sunscreen at the beach? Nope. Anytime you're outside, UV rays attack the skin, so you need protection. And you have to reapply sunscreen every two hours. Remember, SPF plus broad spectrum equal healthy fun in the sun. Visit www.fda.gov sunscreen for more information. A message from the U.S. Food and Drug Administration. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. We'd like to hear if you have a question for Mitchell. He's got five years of experience in the NFL for the Kansas City Chiefs and now recently now playing with the Buffalo Bills. And we did have a call. Josh, what did the uh, caller want to ask? We lost him there. I didn't get the pleasure of getting his name, but he wanted to ask Mitch how he deals with failure. Mm. Well, that's how so I told way. him I would pass that along. Okay. Thank so, you for passing okay. that along. So, uh, so how do you deal with that? And, and well, let me start with this question. What is failure? As a football player, what is that? It can be defined differently for each position. It can be defined by your coach rather than yourself. It can be defined by you rather than your coach. Um, it really does vary. Uh, you know, some of the, you know, for an offensive lineman, it'd either be giving up a sack or a hold or not making the block, and um, which, which happens less often than not, right? But it's the stuff that sticks out to you, kind of like we were talking about with those negative comments sometimes. The, the failure, you know, in, in the game there can be certain failures that you want to define as like, well, that game was a failure because of these certain plays. When you look at the percentage and how they affected it, it might not have really done that much. Um, and how, how I deal with it is you learn from it, you look at the film, you look at it, you go into the film in a constructive mindset rather than a detrimental one. I'm going to learn from this rather than just beat myself up for it because it's easy to beat yourself up for it, but that's not going to get you anywhere. And then, why, going, excuse me, why is it so easy to beat yourself up? Because, because you care about what you're doing. I would, I would say so. I, I think you nailed it on the head. It's because it's, I can only speak for myself that this is a product I'm putting out. I want people to see what I've done, the, the hours I've spent throughout the week and you know, throughout the years. And I want them to see that I'm a productive member of this team. I want my teammates to see that more importantly. Um, so I really feel I, some, most of the times I don't care what the fans think. I, I care about what my teammates think, and uh, that can be the most detrimental to the psyche is, you know, questioning what your teammates think when, when most of the time, if not all the time, they they got your back 100. percent Well, as a football fan, most people don't really notice the offensive line or the defensive line as much as you will the skill position, sure. like re- running back, quarterback, wide receiver, defensive back, mm-hmm. because those are the people usually you know in the plays going on. Most people aren't watching somebody block, right? I mean, all due respect to you, but that's not that's what people no, are looking at. They're looking that's, at the ball moving ahead. Right. You're not, yeah. you're not doing that. You're trying to make a hole for somebody to get through. Most offensive linemen don't want you to look at what they're doing. Well, the only time you, the only time you get called is for a penalty, right? Yeah. Right. That's the only time you're you're right. I mean, seriously, your no, number's no. called when you there's a penalty against you, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, more often than not. So okay. So. We we talked about you're you're mentioning before a break about Alex Smith and and the leadership that he brought to the Kansas City Chiefs while you were here with him, 
and now he's with the Redskins, and like I said, hopefully he's coming back from that, that horrendous leg injury he right. had. What do you think he helped Patrick Mahomes learn? And let's face it, Patrick Mahomes, uh, I've never met him. You obviously know him very well. has great parents, a father who played Major League Baseball, sure. who I think brought him up in an atmosphere where he was around this type of stuff. So I think mm-hmm. that's part of who he is because he's been around it. But what is it about the two of them, and Josh Allen as well now, who right. you play with, mm-hmm. who... Show, what's that leadership about for them? Well, I think Pat could be the only one who really answer what all Alex did, but I can assume because I, I I get to see a little bit of it was that Alex, you know, when you draft a quarterback first round, you know, the writing's on the wall and what the team is thinking, and um, you don't have to as a twelve year vet or thirteen year vet bring a new guy in and show him the ropes and how you do it. You know, you've learned from a great guy. A few good guys, and but Alex did with such grace, and I think it made it. Pat made it easy because Pat was such a good dude. Um, I mean, Alex, from what I saw, you know, they they were always with each other, you know, through. And, and Alex was such a good professional about every minute of the day he was in the facility was allocated to something with football, whether it's taking care of his body, watching film. You never saw him just sitting around. You never, you never did. And I, maybe it's because he had kids at home. And he wanted to go home and completely forget about football when he was at home. Um, but it was just, it was such a treat to watch. And, I, you know, Pat just ate it up. And, uh, the next year I saw, you know, Pat did his own few things, um, without, with the game plan and how he, how he attacked the work week. But a lot of it was what Alex had set up for him, or he kind of just followed the mold and it worked really well, <laughs> worked really well. And, um, and Josh is, is such an ultra competitor and is, you know, is such a good football player and is, Really, he was put in a pretty kind of crummy situation when he was thrown in when he wasn't expecting to be and made these huge you know, trial-by-fire leaps in 2018. And then 2019 was just, in my opinion, became a superstar. Uh, it was a great teammate and um, kind of had his own different path in regards to figuring it out and learning and um, had to really grow up quickly. And he did, and it's, it's fun to watch and it's just a treat to be a part of. So as an NFL player for five years now, you know, the goal is obviously to make it to to the Super Bowl. The Chiefs yes. are going this week. You know mm-hmm. all these guys. Yep. You play with them. You're friends with a lot of them. What have, have they said anything to you about it? I mean, have they talked to you about it? No. And for me, because I, I know the, you spent some time. La- yeah, I did. And and the last thing that if I was in that position, I'd want to do is talk about it. You know, I mean, they already got enough pressure going on from the world. You know, what I mean, it's on every television station. For me, it's just these are my buddies. You know what I mean, and I'm gonna go talk to them. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go play some cards, or let's go play you know some Catan, which is one of my favorite board game of all time. Let's just let's let's get our mind off it because you're going to have plenty going on, and um, I'm really happy for my friends. It, it's a great position for them to be in, and hopefully they. It's easier said than done because they're not in the position, but it's hopefully they enjoy it a bit because this is you know this is not guaranteed ever as a professional. You just you, I think you just hit on something very important. You just said enjoy it. This right. is the Super Bowl. This, this is, is the Super epitome Bowl. of you know I think. The Super Bowl and the NCAA right. championship right. in men's basketball maybe mm-hmm. the two. Uh, the World Series is seven games. Right. These are just one game. And right. so, of course, you have to play several to get there. But mm-hmm. but I, I think the NBA championship, same thing. You play all these games. But this is one game. Right. What's it going to take to focus and play the best they can? What do you think? I think you've been in the, and you haven't been in the Super Bowl, but you've been right. in everything up to that. Right. So what does it take? Be yourself. And that's so vague, but it's true. Each person's different. Don't be someone you're not. Enjoy your friendships that you're with, the guys that, that, that you've, you know, the friendships and the memories you've accumulated to get to this point. And go out there and 
it is literally a one-game season now. I mean, for 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 both teams, let it fly, man. Take care of yourself this week. Let it fly, and then go home, win or lose. Understanding that, shoot, man, I I really did leave it all out there. It, dang it, we didn't win. That that stinks. But I I really did try my hardest. Or you get to go home as a champion and. It worked itself out, and you get to really hang your hat on it and talk about it for the rest of your lives how you left it all out there and you ended up a champion. One year ago, Mitch Morse, you were a finger away from an offside to being in this situation. Sure. How yeah. did you handle that in the offseason? Well, I uh, found a new team. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you have. <laughs> and uh, I couldn't be happier about that, by the way. Uh, but just, but just, right, I, but, but just from that perspective of being that close. For sure. I, um, it was interesting, right? I was going into free agency, and the writing was on the wall kind of with the brass. It kind of told me that they were going to move on. And, that, and it was fine. It, it was one of my greatest seasons because I knew where I stood and that there was no malice between either side. You know, I mean, I really, I really enjoyed everyone there, and uh, I owed the I, I was thinking I owed the Chiefs so much for the position I was in that free agency, and uh, I had fond memories. Coach Reed put me in a position, groomed me as a football player. Andy Heck, the offensive lineman or coach, groomed me as a football player as well. I had these teammates, and um, you know, I was, you know, I knew I was going to another team, and uh, I couldn't be happier where I'm at. But that doesn't mean that I didn't enjoy my time in Kansas City, and so that helped me kind of transition and. Uh, uh, I've been fortunate these first four years in Kansas City, and this last year in Buffalo was such a treat, and I'm looking forward to spending the next few years with them and hopefully retiring there. Listen, my friend, thank you for being with us this morning. Great, great comments, great words of wisdom. I think anybody listening to this can pick up so much about what it's like to, to be in this position sure. and to understand you've talked about success and failure. You're about to become a father, so congratulations mm-hmm. on that. Thank you. want to wish you the best of luck, and thank you so much for joining me today. Doc, you're the man. I appreciate having me on. This is a, truly a pleasure. Well, thank you. That That is Mitch Moore, Center for the Buffalo Bills, and a, a wonderful human being has joined us today. And I want to mention something. You know, I, I've been a radio host for 29 years now, sports psychologist for just short of 40 years. And I've worked with athletes at all levels, kids, parents, coaches, referees. And my show, we've, we've now formed something called the Sportsmanship Foundation. It's a nonprofit corporation. Five, it's called the 501c3. It's a public charity. And it's there to educate athletes, parents, coaches, and officials about sportsmanship, about the mental side of sports, about mental health and sports. And if you want to help me, you can go to my website, which is winnersunlimited.com. Scroll down and click on the Sportsmanship Foundation. We're taking donations to make this show a national show. So if you'd like to do that and help me out, I'd appreciate it. Winnersunlimited.com. Go to the Sportsmanship Foundation, click it on, and make a donation. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs here every week. Hope you've enjoyed the show. If you want to get a hold of me, check out my website, as I mentioned. Send me an email at drj at winnersunlimited.com. Give me a call at my office, 816-561-5556. Follow me on Twitter at drjsportspsych. Our shows are podcasted here at Sports Radio at 10 WHB. And on my website, encourage people to listen to this interview with Mitch. Great interview. Great guy. Have a great week. Talk to you next week. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. You've been listening to the Sports Psychology Hour. For more information, go to winnersunlimited.com. I'm Dr. Andrew Jacobs. As a sports psychologist with 38 years of experience, I've worked with athletes, coaches, parents, and officials, assisting them at learning how to handle issues like sportsmanship, self-confidence, developing a positive realistic attitude, and achieving maximum performance. I want more people to know about the importance of having fun, 
learning from failure, and that winning is about doing your best. That's why I created the Sportsmanship Foundation, a 501c3 educational organization dedicated to promoting and educating parents and athletes about the role of good sportsmanship in our development. Our priority is to help bring back the fun into youth sports. If you're interested in learning more or making a donation, go to winnersunlimited.com slash radio. That's winnersunlimited.com slash radio. Doing your best, having fun, and becoming a winner. The Sportsmanship Foundation at winnersunlimited.com slash radio. Over the years, you've brought them into your home. You were prescribed opioids after the C-section. When Dad injured his back... When your basketball star tore his ACL, opioids helped with the pain, and you held on to them just in case. But did you know holding on to unused opioids puts your family at risk? Opioids are powerful pain-reducing prescription medicines, but most people who are prescribed opioids don't finish their prescriptions. So millions of unused opioids are sitting in homes across the country, and tragically, More than 100 Americans die every day from overdoses involving opioids. What can you do to protect your family? Remove the risk of unused opioids from your home. Pills, patches, or syrups in drawers, purses, and cabinets. Anywhere they might be hiding. To find out how to dispose of them properly, visit www.fda.gov slash drug disposal. Hi, Grandma. What's for dinner? Hey, honey, I'm making stew tonight. Ooh, can Nina come over? I'm not sure about our new friend. I wonder if there's been any drinking going on. Alcohol at her age can lead to so many bad things. I've been meaning to ask you, what would happen if someone offered you a drink? Grandma! This is hard. She's so young. But I know I need to talk to her about it now before someone tries to give her alcohol. If anyone ever does offer you a drink, I want you to say no. I have too much respect for my family and I don't want to get in trouble. Okay. Really? I promise, Grandma. I love you, too. Okay, how about tasting this stew and telling me what you think? Mmm. Some children may try alcohol as young as nine years old. It's not too early to talk about drinking. For tips on how to begin the conversation, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. That's underagedrinking.samhsa.gov. This message brought to you by SAMHSA and this station. <laughs> 